Welcome to Leading Lights. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more information and resources. Hello again. We're talking about faith and I'm hoping and praying that you're getting stirred up. We've said that a person with hope who sees God's reality in the invisible realm around them and they start imagining it. When you use your imagination to see what God has put all around you, it stirs up hope and then hope when it solidifies, when you take it, take a decision to believe it, that becomes faith. And that person is a continual optimist. There's nothing this world can throw at, throw at us that God can't overcome. Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. It's the difference between a weak Christian life and a victorious Christian life. In fact, the Bible says this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. I want to talk today about an important part of this. We've spoken about how the Word of God activates hope and faith, but there's a specific part of the Word of God called the promises of God, which, were, which are extremely important. 2 Peter 1 verse 3 is a verse that I'm going to look at now. It says, His divine power has given to us everything we need for life and godliness, or all things that pertain to life and godliness. So God, by His power, has already given us, this verse says, everything that we need for life and that's the word Zoe, which means the God kind of life, not, not just physical life, but powerful, supernatural, eternal life. God's power has already given us everything we need for life and godliness, which means to be like God. I already have it. I don't need to twist God's arm. I don't need to plead for it. I don't need to earn it by doing good things. It's already in me. But then it says we have them through our knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. As I change my mind and my knowledge of what God has given me, that power becomes real in my life. But then this next verse is what I want to focus on. 2 Peter 1 verse 4 says, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, through the promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature. God has already put his divine nature, his godliness, his life in us, his power in us. How do I partake of it? It says through his great and precious promises. When I get a promise from God and I let it come into my imagination and it stirs something in me and I start to hope and believe by the promise of God, when the promise becomes real to me, then I partake of the divine nature and I escape, the verse says, escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. So God's already put his character, his power, his life in you. But I've got to change my knowledge and the promises of God are the best way of doing that. This word promises is very important and it's repeated so much in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, talking about us receiving all the promises that God gave even to all the Old Testament people, our promises are better, the Bible says, than the promises they had. So let's think about this concept of promises. When I promise to my children that I'm going to give them something or that we're going to go somewhere, they immediately get hope. It's beyond what their circumstances and their immediate surroundings are. They start to imagine something different. And we've said that hope is using our imagination. So a couple of years ago, I said to my children, we are going to get a puppy. 
and immediately you can you can imagine in their minds they start dreaming about a puppy they start imagining the color how it looks how it's going to jump and play they think about a puppy and hope is born in them that's what the promises of god do god gives us a promise and immediately something in us says, there's more than just this world around me. There's more than I can just see and touch and taste. I know there's another reality. It might come in the future, but I'm trusting because I trust my dad and what he says is true. The promises of God stir up hope and faith within us. In this verse, it, it says these are exceedingly great and precious promises. They're not lightly uh, they're not things to be taken lightly or to be thrown aside. The promises of God are precious. Elsewhere in the Bible, it talks about the blood of Jesus as being precious. So the promises of God are extremely important. And when I give my children a promise, I expect them to take it seriously and to be excited about it. God, my brother and sister, has given you promises. The sad thing is that many Christians, most Christians, have discounted the promises of God. They don't really take them seriously. They think, oh, well, that's for somebody else. That's for another time, another place. But God says his promises are a key that will awaken faith and hope in you, enable you to partake of this divine nature that he's put in you. It's the key, the beginning to faith. So let's look at some verses about these promises. First of all, I just want to show you that Abraham trusted in the promises and the Bible says we are heir of the promises just like Abraham. So Romans 14, sorry, Romans 4 verse 20 says Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. So we see that the key to Abraham's faith was saying, if God has promised me something, he is faithful and he will do it. And Galatians 3 verse 14, talking about us, says the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentiles, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3 verse 16 says, Now to Abraham and his seed, or his children, were the promises made. And verse 29 says, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and an heir according to the promise. The promises that were given to Abraham are yours and mine through faith. Hebrews 8 verse 6 says, We have a more excellent ministry, and Jesus is a mediator of a better covenant, which is established on better promises. We have better promises than all of the promises in the Old Testament. Isn't that amazing? I want to just help you now to understand how to appropriate these promises. Hebrews 6 verse 12 says, You must not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We've got to imitate those. And so we're going to look at Hebrews 11 in a later talk where we imitate those who inherited the promises of God. But we must not be sluggish with faith and patience. In other words, sticking at it, we can inherit the promises of God. So you might say, well, which promises in the Bible are for me. The Bible's full of promises. Somebody has said there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. In the Old Testament, God promises things to Israel, to Moses, to Abraham, to David. He promises things to us in the New Testament. Which promises are for me? And how do I take a promise and say, that's a promise for me? Just as I promised my children that they would get a puppy, how do I know that God is promising something to me? Well, 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20 
says, for all the promises of God in him, that's in Jesus, are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Another version, the NIV says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ Jesus. So you come across a promise in the Old Testament and it promises to Abraham, I will bless you and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. And you say that was a promise to Abraham. Galatians and Romans says that the promises of Abraham are mine. But is this for me, God? This verse, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen. So I ask him, God, is this promise for me? He says, yes. I say, amen. I say, yes, I take that. I trust you, Lord. I found a promise. I'm holding you to it. You're going to get me a puppy or whatever the promise might be. I trust God for that promise. And the, Bible, the verse then says that God gets glory through this. The, the divine nature, the power that God's already put in us. How do we know it's there? How do we stir hope up? It's by seeing the promises of God. Hebrews 4 verse 1 is an interesting verse. It says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering God's rest, let us be careful or fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. What's that verse saying? It's saying that just as God promised to the Israelites when they were wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, He said to them, there's a promised land for you, a land flowing with milk and honey, where there's good things. I've got blessings. I've got prosperity. I've got all the goodness of God is there for you. The promised land. I've made a promise to you. Hebrews 4 verse 1 says to us, New Testament Christians, the promise of entering that promised land, that rest, still stands, but we must be careful not to have fallen short of it. What does that mean? Well, verse 2 goes on to say, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. In other words, the promises were given to them of a promised land and to us, the promise of all the God's goodness and blessing to us. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Oh, so they had a promise from God, but it didn't benefit them. Why not? The verse goes on to say, because it wasn't mixed with faith in those who heard it. What a startling statement. It's possible to have a promise, but because I don't mix it with faith, it doesn't benefit me. What happened? How did they not mix it with faith? Well, we know that the Israelites came to the border of the promised land and they could see it across the Jordan. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. They sent 12 spies into the promised land to try and check it out. And the spies came back, Numbers 13, 27. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. And they brought huge bunches of grapes and different fruits. It was a wonderful, prosperous land. But verse 28 says, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, and Anak was a giant. So these people saw the promise of God, but they also saw opposition. They saw enemies, big, horrible, scary giants. And 10 of the 12 spies said, we can't go in there. But two, Joshua and Caleb, said that we can. So verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. He had faith. The Bible says that Caleb had a different spirit to the rest of them. And the result was that 
all the ten spies and all the million people of the Israelites who had no faith, who wouldn't trust God's promise because they saw opposition, it says they wandered for 40 years until they died out. And only those who were under 20 years old at the time, the children who grew up with faith, could enter the promised land. Isn't that amazing? The ten spies said this. They said, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. They had the promise of God, but then they'd allowed themselves to use their physical eyes and their own sense of inferiority to overrule the promises of God. And as a result, they didn't benefit from it. My brother or sister, I want to tell you today, God has put his divine nature in you. He's given you everything you need for life and godliness. The power of God is in you. The promises of God are for you. But you need to renew your knowledge by taking the promises of God. Be a, be a promise hunter. Look through the Bible and say, that promise is for me. Is that for me? The verse in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Take the promises of God. Stir up hope. Let the eyes of your heart be opened and start to have faith. And you'll see amazing things happen in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.